it's great to see everybody. Hope you had an awesome Christmas. I don't need this. Hope you had an amazing Christmas. I'm excited to be here as we uh, look look back and look ahead to the new year. And I see some uh, old, uh, not old, but familiar faces back with us here. Uh, I was looking at Jeremy Baker, so I don't think he's old quite yet. Uh, 18 or 19, which one is it? 20? 19, okay, 19, so he's not old. But it's great to have everybody back. I'm excited about this service. There's something about the end of a year that makes you reflect on what God has done throughout the past year and also what look ahead to what he's going to do. And this is, uh, I don't know if you have a motto for the year or if you do that sort of thing, but he will turn your bless or your battles into blessings. That's my conviction for my year, and I pray that that's your conviction. Hopefully by the time you leave here today that you feel like whatever your battles are, God's going to turn them into blessings. And so on that note, I wanted people to share a little bit about what were some of the blessings that he gave you or you saw him do in 2019. And a lot of times we ask rhetorical questions, but this is not one of them. (laughs) So uh, if you have something, that a blessing that you've seen God do, oh, we have uh, Paul Paul Gary here with us too there. So that's that's one blessing. I got yours, uh, Paul Sr., uh, good to have you back here, bro. Uh, okay, who who raised their hand over here? Okay, Amo. Okay, amen. Awesome, awesome. Barry. What an amazing uh, blessing that was! You stole his, but uh, we kind of we'll, we'll all share that one. Uh, what an amazing uh, midweek when we had uh, Joe out and got to pray with Chris and, and all of his friends there. Wow, that was that was a powerful time. Vivian? Um, Amen. Being a part of a new family group, serving in Kids Kingdom. Martha? Seeing my eight, seven-year-old Nana get baptized. Yeah. Amen. What a victory. What a victory that was. All right, Chris is going to double up here. Well, I was going to share that, you know, I did have a battle, but the blessing is the church, that everyone's praying for me and loving me and serving me. And uh, so you guys are all blessed. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay. All right, Debbie. So it's certainly grateful to see. Yeah, go for it. And can I ask for battles into blessings? I'm looking forward to all of y'all coming to Orlando. Yes. We are yes. going to host you for 2020. Amen. Amen. Please plan and come see us. Right. Okay. <laughs> Party at the Hardaways. Just kidding. But that will be great. We're looking forward to that next year. That's going to be a huge blessing. Okay, Mimi. Awesome. 
Okay. Okay, Gabe's kidney, right? That was that was this year, wasn't it? Was that last year? Was that this year? Okay, Gabe's kidney. How can we forget Gabe's kidney? It's such a part of us here. All right, Chevy and Darren, and we'll close it out here. Okay, amen. Amen, Lily. Darren. Amen. 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 And of course, uh, all those examples were just like figurative examples. They weren't real examples of things that Shay did there. But uh, it is grateful, great to see God turn things around, especially things that are most close to our hearts, you know. And I appreciate you guys, you know, sharing vulnerably uh, because that's what uh, brings glory to God is when we're honest, when we're open, when we even when we come to church to give and share what God is doing, even our, our blessings, but also our battles that haven't turned into blessings yet. And as we get started, just to ask yourself a, a few questions. Do you believe that God loves you? I know that we're all in church, so we all are supposed to say yes. But really, do you believe that God loves you, that he works everything out for your good? That as he looks at 2020 for your life, he sees you in a loving way and he sees your life working out for good in different areas. You know, sometimes those can be challenges and even to think about the person that you love the most in this life. You know, think about that person and then try to imagine how much more God loves you than you love that person. You know, it doesn't make any sense how much you love your kids or how much you love your friends or how much you love your family members. But to imagine God up there just loving you like 10,000, 10 million times more than you love. And that he's looking at you with that eyes and how much good you want for the people that you love. And then thirdly, do you believe he is training you to be like Jesus and be more fruitful? Do you believe that God is not done with you yet? That as he looks into 2020, he sees a better you. He sees someone that's more like Christ. He sees more blessing, more praise, more honor, more glory coming from your direction. And even as we go into 2020, I'm excited to see what God is going to do. I've already picked out. The last three, this is my third year, but every year I pick out three chapters that I read over and over and over and over every day. 
as much as possible, five out of six days, whatever. And I hope that as you go into the new year, that you have a plan and a prayer for your relationship with God. You know, that you're not just going to wing it in your most important relationship. You know, how crazy is it to enter the new year with my wife and not ask, you know, what can I, how can I grow in our relationship? I mean, why would I start another year, a year with my most important relationship and not even ask and just assume that it's great and it's awesome? And so this past week I asked and guess what? She had a few things to say. <laughs> you know, it wasn't even just like one thing. It was kind of like all a bunch of things, you know, be more patient, you know, be nicer when you talk to us, you know, don't be as stressed, you know, and I'm like, wow, okay, that is you know, as we go through life, we get responsibilities, we get stressed, and guess who it can come out on? And guess how many times I've heard that? But I have to go again. Okay, God, I need to, I need to grow more. This is the same thing she said last year. You know, Abe gave me the word compassion a few years ago. Guess what? It's still the same thing. You know, you may be thinking, wow, I'm going to do something totally new in 2020. Maybe you're going to do something really old in 2020, but you're going to have a breakthrough in that area. You know, in, in, if you're getting down to the character of who you are, that maybe your battle will be there. I pray that you ask God, God, what do I need from you in 2020? What do you want from me? You know, how do you want me to grow? How do you want me to love? How do you want me to, to give? And that's where I came up with these chapters, Psalm 144 and 145. One talks about David and praying that he'll be trained for war, that he'll be trained for battle, that God will make him strong to go after what life is going after. And then the next chapter, he's praising God for these amazing victories and blessings and just like overflowing. And I just read those chapters like, you know what? I want to be like that. That's what I want to be. I want to be someone that runs to the battle. I want to be someone that gets trained by God. I want to be someone that grows, that's not just content with whatever, spiritually. And I want to be someone that praises God a lot more, that thanks Him, that thinks about the blessing, that doesn't think about all the things that have to change and all the ways we got to grow and all the things that I'm messing up in and whatever it is. And then Matthew 25, where it, specifically where it talks about the talents and when it talks about the sheep and the goats. And, you know, last year we started a good work with the, the serving the poor a lot more, and we really went after that. And I was just thinking, man, that, I don't want that to die. I think we're going in a good direction, you know, personally and as a church, but we need to continue to go in that direction and even having everybody using their gifts. Imagine what it would be like if you came to church and everybody was looking around at who they could encourage. They were talking to people deeply. They were looking for people that needed some encouragement and they were praying for you. And you see people praying in the corner and you see people pulling people aside and thinking about people that maybe aren't here and calling them up. And if every single person did that, what would our church be like? How much love would be coming, just pouring out of our church? How much blessing from God? Isn't that the parable of the talents? Yeah. 
If you come and you sit in the pew and you just go home because you're afraid or because you're not believing God's going to bless you or whatever, then he says, well, then everything you have is going to be taken away from you. And yet, sometimes as a church, we can be that way instead of putting our talents to work and thinking about and asking people around us, how can I serve? Looking at your your family group and, and looking for the needs and meeting them. And, and imagine how much blessing God would pour out on you and on your family and on your family group and on our church. And so... I don't know what your plan is for 2020, but I hope that by the time we get to Wednesday, is it, the first, that you have a spiritual plan for your life. And God may change it all up. He may not even, you know, it may get be a curveball, but at least pray that God will lead you. Because how excited are you when you get up and you know, I need these chapters not just the reading the actual pages, but I need what's in there. I need those qualities. I need to grow in that. So when I read it, it reminds me, yes, this is what I need to be doing. This is who I want to be. This is who I need God to make me be. You're not just reading the Bible just for the sake of reading the Bible. What does that do? It does something, but it's kind of like just... Random, you know, I hope I'm going to hit my target. I'm going to blindfold myself and just throw something and hope I hit it. Versus using the spirit, using people around you, say, what do I need to grow in? And then when I read the word, I'm actually reading that. Then you're, maybe you're having a hard time having your quiet times in 2019. Maybe it's because you just do the flop method. You know, maybe it's because you don't have a real plan and that's so much more inspiring you know, uh, sometimes we need simple analogies to help us out here. Okay? It's that time. For those of you who are uh, cynical, you're getting upset right now. If you're visiting, uh, we've been talking about my orange and grapefruit and lemon trees since the beginning of the year. I'm looking for the twins, and they're not here because they really get excited, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but this was my... Uh, this was the grapefruit tree, or the orange tree here at the beginning of the, in August. Doesn't look too, too awesome right here. And, uh, th- this is the grapefruit tree actually, so that's the two. This is what it looked like in August, and this is what it looks like now. And last year, you know, this is, tree's been there for five years for those of you who are new to the story. Last year there was one grapefruit on the tree and it was not edible. And so that was my mission this year. We had rats. We had all kinds of problems out there. So we took care of all the issues. And now there's like 25 grapefruits. Right before church, they were just getting ripe right at the end of the year. It was just like such a perfect thing. So right before church, I ate the first grapefruit. And it was no lie, the best grapefruit I have ever had. It was. I don't know if it was just because I'm... Put so much into it, you know, that um, it tastes like a lemon, but I like it. Connor had some, too. He thought it was his best, too. And I so much want, I saved the other half for my girls there because they were unsure we're going to want to experience that later. But it, it, it just made me think about, you know, who are the grapefruits going to be in our church in 2020? 
the people that when you look at, you go, I don't know. Not too much fruit of the Spirit on that tree. Yeah, they got a couple things they do, but they don't really do them that good. You know, it's like that one little grapefruit. Maybe that is what you feel like your 2019 was. You know, I just put this one grapefruit forward and it, it was bad. But to imagine that God can do amazing miracles with what we think is broken. You know, this was a lemon tree. I mean, the orange tree, we did have some oranges going. Uh, the most that the trees ever had was 66 oranges. This is so, I'm such a nerd, right? I count, I get out there and count all the oranges. <laughs> Last year, we had zero. Every single orange got eaten by rats. I mean, there was all these oranges on the tree with holes in them just torn apart. This year, none eaten by rats because we went to war on the rats. <laughs> and now there's some of the fruit there. We had 102 oranges. Incredible. 102. I have like 40 of them right here for afterwards, so you guys can take a taste. I still have like 58 still on the tree because they weren't quite ready. But if you think about it, I'm, I'm way too deep here, guys, on this. I, I know. That's how God is with us, that he knows all the fruitful things in your life. He knows the things to take, take off. He knows the branches to cut. He knows what to put into your life to bring out the best in you, to help you to be like Christ. That he's sitting there as crazy as it is, and he is counting all the gifts he's given you. He's counting all the blessings, all the talents, all the love that he's given you and that you've shown to others. You know, in the Bible, it says that you'll be rewarded for every good deed. Can you imagine just God looking at your tree from 2019, things that you just forgot and him counting them up, all the amazing ways that you prayed to him, all the people you loved, all the times you shared your faith, all the money you gave, everything you did. It's not, we're not trying to earn our way to heaven, but God said that he created us for good works. And if we could just look into his mind for a minute, he is paying way more attention to you than I did to this tree. He is cutting things off of you. He's trying to protect you. He's trying to lead you. He wants to blow your mind with the blessings that he's going to give you. You know, we shared some of the blessings earlier. You know, I thought about uh, Cody reaching out to a kid in his uh, Taekwondo class and then Steve and Kristen coming to church and getting baptized in 2019. And just thinking, you know, Cody, I love Cody to death, but he is probably the quietest person ever. Like if I was going to think, who's the person that's going to, you know, be fruitful first, it would, Cody would be like at the last. He'd be like that grapefruit. And not that I don't love him, but it's just, you know, you think that it's going to be the bubbly person and the person that's really out of themselves. And, you know, God has an amazing way of sharing his faith. And I'm so proud of Cody. You know, and he was, he's been so confident in his faith and he's been growing and he's been really sharing. And God used him. And I'm inspired. I know maybe that didn't come across in all the great way, but I think just really God can use any of us 
to do amazing things. You know, I think of Armando and Alicia. You know, some other dear family members. And Melba. You know, dear family member getting baptized this past year. You know, uh, we prayed for Riley at the beginning of the service, but just to, you know, it's a miracle that he's even alive. When you see the pictures of his truck that was turned over and you're just like, can anybody live through that? It's amazing how God works. We've been praying for family group leaders in the church for a number of years. And this year we have, and, and maybe more to come, but we have like five new family group leader couples. And some that have led before, some that have moved back in, you know, the Dabneys and the Schiffersteins and the Tazais and the Serranos and the Boyers and... You're just like, wow, God is providing. God is help, helping people to, to be a blessing uh, to his church here. Let's look over to, uh, let's say a prayer, and then we'll get started here. Uh, Father, we do thank you for this time. We do thank you so much just how you love us, Father. Thank you for the way that you can do miracles, even with areas that we feel challenged in, God, I know. Uh, even talking about the, this, it, it reminds me of ways that I feel like I, I could have done better in 2019. But God, I know that you are a God of second chances, that you're a God that just blows our mind. God, I pray that you open up our minds and our hearts as we look into your word today to inspire us, to give us more faith, to help us to grow like never before, God, to believe and to be uh, your men and your women in 2020. God, we love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll turn over to 1 Samuel 17, and we're going to look at a story that's really, uh, that we maybe you've heard it a thousand times, David and Goliath. We're going to look at an amazing battle in David's life, and it reminded me of some of the Psalms that he wrote, just talking about God and talking about the amazing way that he needed them to strengthen him and the, the opportunities and blessings that came. But in verse 20, it says, early in the morning... And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to go through 39. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. That would be cool. (laughs) David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, What have you come down here? Why have you come down here? And whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. There you go, big bro. 
You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? Then he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. Let's keep going here. What, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Thanks a lot, king. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried... Carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go. And the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So Saul took them off. Point number one is David had faith to overcome obstacles. I pray that as you go into your life spiritually, that you have faith to overcome the obstacles that will come your way. Even Jesus said, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. And think about the amazing obstacles that David had and had to overcome. He had to overcome, first of all, the obstacle of fear. That he went out to the army and Everyone in the army was afraid. All the people that he looked up to were afraid. Saul, afraid. Jonathan, afraid. His brothers, afraid. And it says that they did this for 40 days. You know, we're talking about resolutions and things. How many days does it take to make a habit? 30, 40, whatever, however many exactly it is, they had a habit of being afraid. That was who they were. Now they weren't, they didn't just have a bad day. They had a bad habit of doing the same thing over and over again. And David, that, those were his role models. He had to overcome the obstacle of the familiar in his own family. That even his own brother said, you know, I know how wicked your heart is. I know how prideful you are. I know how little, you're just a little shepherd. You know, maybe over the holidays you had some of those conversations where people attacked your character. You know, where there was some, some tension and you're put in a box and, and that's where David was with his brothers. He had an obstacle of the leadership of the country. Saul, who was leading Israel at this point, had already lost God. In the chapter before, it says the spirit left him, but he was still going ahead. And so he didn't, he had to go 
ahead of even the people who were supposed to be the leaders of the day. He had to overcome expectations. You know, I know that some of us in here, you've been coming to this church for a long time. You were born into this church. So whether your parents say it or not, you have certain expectations that you feel that you're supposed to be this way and you're supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to dress this way. You're not supposed to date this person. And you have all these things, expectations. You know, David had expectations too. He was supposed to fight Goliath in a certain way. He was supposed to put on the armor that Saul had and this was going to make him better and he was going to be just like Saul. He's like, no, that's not me. You know, sometimes when you push off the expectations, it can be the beginning of a growth time for you. Say, you know what? I don't want to just do this because everybody else does it. I don't want to be like this person. I don't want to be like that person. I want to be me. I want to be me and God. I don't want to be my parents and God. I don't want to have to fit the mold. And I remember so many years, even going into a new year, and it would feel challenging even to figure out, okay, where, what do I need for the new year? So I would look to other people to tell me what I needed. I would look to even leaders in the church to say, you know, what do I need for the new year? You know, then I realized, I woke up one day, I said, you know what, I have the Holy Spirit too. God has been teaching me all last year what I need for the new year. God has been training you. He's been putting obstacles, difficulties, and even victories. And even times when you have your most spiritual moment, you're like, man, that would be so incredible. Maybe that's God leading you to that. To help you to see over the mountains for just a second and you go, you know what? I want that. And yet so many times we dismiss it. We look away. We say, well, we second guess ourselves. And my prayer is that you are unified with the leadership or whatever, whatever the direction is, but that you go to God yourself. Yes. And you did. He wants to lead you. It's not inspiring when you just do it because someone else tells you to. It's inspiring when you feel like God is leading you down this certain road. And that was David. He said, you know what? I'm not going in those things. That's ridiculous. I can't even move. God had been training him for a long time before this battle started. It wasn't like, okay, now you're ready. No, I've been ready. He was already ready. God had already done... no. You imagine, it just hit me, his brothers didn't even know that he killed lions. (laughs) They didn't know that he killed bears. They didn't know that he did all these amazing things. They were surprised when he wanted to go forward and they should have been like, send him. He's better than any of us. God is with them. I'm surprised that they didn't know. But he knew. And sometimes that we need to have more confidence in ourselves and in God and what he's trying to do. You know, I love what he says. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. That he had a faith to overcome obstacles, a faith to overcome fear, to overcome bad habits, to overcome familiarity, to overcome family opposition, to overcome bad leadership, to overcome wrong expectations, and ultimately to overcome an evil, defiant giant. I pray that as you enter the year, that you have faith that God is with you, that he wants to give you victory, that you're willing to confront whatever those obstacles are. And even on your, if you're taking notes, even to write down, what is the obstacle for you in 2020? When I said that in the very beginning, what were the things that came to your mind? And be able to write that down so that you can overcome it. Not right now, but think about it later. What could God do with this obstacle? How could God overcome it? How could God turn this into a blessing? Because isn't that what God does? That's what we heard in the beginning. God turned these really difficult things into amazing blessings. And I, that, that's faith. To believe that God will do that and has done that again and again. I know for me, I talked about my marriage you know, at the, in 2020, both of my kids are going to live over a thousand miles away. So we have Debbie up in the front saying, how about 3,000 miles away? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm learning what it's like to be them a little bit and how little control we have yeah. over our kids. Not to say that we, we don't have a great influence on them if you have kids in the home, but as they grow, it's a whole nother thing to feel like If something happens, it's just them and God. You know, Lamar's saying that his daughter's over in Saudi Arabia. I mean, if something happens, it's just between her and God. And I feel like God is helping me to grow and to make peace with that and love from a distance and be try to be an example and have conversations when they're going to do whatever they're going to do. You know, to have the, more of a friendship relationship. Uh, but we're, we are enjoying the time over the holidays here to have you guys back. You know, I know going into the new year, as many of you know, my brother-in-law's started his cancer treatments. And so uh, it was rough. Christmas was rough. And he came right after his um, treatment on the 26th. I was the one that greeted him at the door, and I opened the door, and I pretty much lost it. Because it just brought back all these memories. You know, you never know how it's going to hit you or what's going to happen. And I I had to go outside for a while and just like, wow, I can't do this again. I don't want to do one of those years. But I had to be reminded, even doing this sermon helped me to realize, you know, it doesn't that's an obstacle. That's not an outcome. That's not an end result. That's a, a painful memory, but that's not this situation. You don't know what God's going to do in this situation. You know, if we just take our bad memories from the past and just plop them on the future, that's not faith. That's that's Satan's plan. 
you know, to think everybody's a giant. Everything's going to make us run away. It's going to turn out bad. That's not faith. That's not where God wants me to be. That's not where God wants you to be either. But we got an amazing God in our corner, and I pray that we can have the, you know, this year as we start the year in as a region. This is a brand new start to the region for us. You know, it, it seems like eternity ago, but the Lounsberries just left the region like a year ago. You know, and then Mike and Libby had a lot of their issues about six months ago. And just looking around our staff, we're like, okay, we've never done this before. You know, and it can be tempting, and I know we're all feeling. I can feel like, oh, man, now it's all on our shoulders, and we got a lot. Sergio and I got to figure out all kinds of stuff and build team and get the finances together and inspire people and get the young people going and install biblical offices. And wow. (laughs) You know, you wonder why my wife wants me not to be so stressed out and be more, you know, patient and kind and everything. But I realize, you know what? Even that is not about me. It's about God. David just threw the stone. I mean, it wasn't like he was this. Yeah, he threw it in the general direction, but I think God had something to do with that. You know, and it's a good reminder that God wants to use all of us. You know, that he wants to get all of us involved. He wants all of us to get back to our purpose. He wants all of us to be using our talents for him. To be examples for the, for the church and for others in the world. You know, God wants to do amazing things. But do you have the faith that He's going to? You have the faith that He's going to use you. And that's my second point. Courage to put Himself out there. David had the courage to put Himself out there. His attitude was, why not me? Why don't I do it? God's blessed me in the past. God can use me. God is with me. He's prepared me. Let me go and face this giant. I love that spirit. I pray that even as we go into the new year, that you can have the courage to put yourself out there. You know, that's what's so encouraging about even some of the people that want to start leading family groups again or want to put themselves out there. It's like, They could get halfway through the year and look around and go, did we really do this? Like, are we really trying to do this? Like, what are we doing? We're getting disappointed and people are not showing up for family group and they're not returning texts and they're, you know, whatever else the problems might come their way. Not realizing that God wants to use that to help them to grow like never before. Right. He wants them to stand, step up to the challenge. You know, if your goal in life is just to come and church and sit down, then you're never going to grow. It's not until you say, why not me? I want to do it. I want to put myself out there. I want to help this couple. I want to try to inspire some people. I want to pray for my people in my group every week. I want to be the one to be used by God. I want to grow. When was the last time that was your spirit? That I want to go first. 
that I want God to put me out there. That is where it gets fun. That is where the action is. That's where you see God work in an amazing way. You know, and I know that God has an amazing plan for that. Why can't there be TBTs at every high school in the valley? Why not? Why can't there be more COD students here, people at Cal State San Bernardino? Why not? Why can't there be more singles that we reach? Why does more married with young kids, more whatever inspires you? Why can't you lead the charge? Pray that God will put something on your heart that you, why don't, you know, it's so cool to see Samaya. Uh, she came into the kids kingdom and she's like, I had my character study before church. It was so awesome. Hi there. (laughs) But isn't that what we want for all of our kids? Why not? Why doesn't all the preteens have an opportunity to be in character studies? Why don't all the kids have mentors? Why don't, why aren't other people taking them out for coffee and looking around of who you can encourage? There's no limit to it. There's no limitations except for your faith and your willingness to put yourself out there and the courage. You know, we think of David having the courage after Goliath was killed. The courage was to be willing to put himself out there to begin with. The story could have gone a lot differently. It still would have been courageous. He could have been killed, and then the whole rest of the army killed Goliath. It could have gone that way, and God would have been glorified just the same. You never know what's going to happen until you put yourself out there. And I pray that as you're praying about the new year, that you have the attitude, why not me? Why can't I put, why can't I help? Why can't I serve? Why can't I give? Why can't I love the lost? Why can't I be the one to be used by God? You know, I love that attitude. It says, when he got closer, David ran to the fight. I know that as as I look at that scripture, probably a lot of you are thinking, that's not me. Why? Because that's how I think. That's not me. When the battle comes, you know, my uh, so I can think of so many times when I turn around and go that way. Yeah. Or I go try to regroup, and then once I get it all together, then I try to come back out, and the battle's already over. I'm not asking you if that's who you are. I'm asking you if that's who you want to be. Right. That's what God, God wants to make you what you want to be, not what you think you're not. Yeah. And I pray that as you look ahead that you... Those are the things that you are determined, hey, I want to be that guy. I want to be that girl that runs to the fight, that runs to the spiritual battle, that has the courage to put myself out there. And finally, the gratitude to see God's miracles. You know that God used David in an amazing way, and he got to see some amazing victories And it reminded me of the story later on in his life. He wasn't done. He was still not the man that God wanted him to be. He was only 17. But he did an amazing thing. And God kept working on him. 
and kept training him and kept, kept helping him to be what he needed to be. And it made me think of later on in his life when he comes across that sword again at a time when he's really depressed. And he's just imagined, yeah, that's an amazing sword. There's nothing like it. You know, remembering how God used him once and taking courage that he was going to use him again. I love this passage where he says, As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. He forgot who he was. He just talked to him like a couple hours earlier. I don't, I mean, he must have had no faith in, in him at all to even forget his name. He said, Saul, uh, David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. And just imagine David being there. He's so in shock that he's still carrying the head of Goliath with him. Just thinking, like, I can't believe, did you believe that? <laughs> like, what happened over there? Just an amazing victory, even though sometimes we know that God could do it. There's something extra special about seeing it. Once God blesses our faith, when we look back and we see the blessings, it reminds us, you know, I knew that you could do that. But I still had unbelief. I still wasn't sure you were going to do it this way. I still wasn't sure you were going to use me. And you could just imagine him holding that head and just being amazed. Can you believe what God did? I pray that that is how you look back on your battles from 2020. That you look back on those things that you thought he could never do and just say, well, how could I ever not believe? You know, where was my faith really? I didn't see that coming at all. And I do believe that God wants to bless each and every one of us, and he's given us many miracles. So as we take our communion today, you can go back and read John 15 later. That's the story of the tree. That was my verse for 2019. That God was going to prune me. That God was going to cut off every branch that bore no fruit. That he was going to help us to be even more fruitful as a church. I don't know about you, but I, when I look back, he, man, he did some pruning. Yeah. He did some challenging, some, some, some difficulties. But he led us through. He led me through. He led you through says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And I pray that today, if you're a disciple, that you feel that way. That you feel clean because Jesus is with you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Even as you start the year without Christ that you'll realize that if you don't have Christ right now, that you you are loved, but you are opposed. And that every spiritual thing that you try to do is going to fall up short because you're lacking the most important thing. That all the effort that we can muster and all the desire and all the conviction and commitment without Christ means nothing. And I need to be reminded that Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And then in verse 15 or 12, he closes out. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. And I pray as you finish the year that you can see that God loves you with a love that cannot be greater, that he has determined and did lay down his life for his friend, which is you. Let's pray and we'll take our communion. Father, we do thank you for this time. Uh, we need you so much in our lives, God. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for leading us through another year, that we're a year closer to heaven now. God, I pray that you guide us, that, that we can be in tune with your spirit, that we can be open to what you're trying to teach us. God, just lead us. Uh, we give you permission to prune us so that we can be more like your son, so that we can be more useful to you, God. I pray for the church here in a special way that you put a special blessing over all of us, God, as we determine and, and try to love you back. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his body and his blood that was given for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.